My friend, I hope you're doing well and hanging in. Signs of spring are here in Colorado, although it looks like one more snow this weekend. Things are feeling hopeful as vaccines are rolling out, and I'm sending you some love that you will find your way to one soon. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to bonus episode Chatroom, The Radical Fairies, you may want to do that before listening to this episode as it will give you a bit of context for the group that I and my guest this week, AJ, share in common. Not only do we share association with the fairies, I would say that we really bonded during my first fairy gathering in the woods in 2017. On one particular silly-ass night in those woods, AJ, his partner Michael, and myself came up with a new drag queen house named after everybody's favorite boxed wine, House of Franzia. You may have heard me say this before, but I don't know exactly where this podcast is going or how it will get there, but I'm very on board for the ride. Well, this episode feels special and serendipitous. I've been letting intuition guide me in the who, when, and how I reach out to folks to ask for a conversation. When I reached out to AJ, they told me they'd been listening to the podcast and were hoping I might ask. Cosmic sisters, I guess. While I was living in Los Angeles, I had many a late-night convo on AJ and Michael's lanai. In fact, AJ and Michael were the ones who convinced me to attend my first fairy gathering. Here is my conversation with AJ. Well, hello. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What are you drinking? Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Were you not <laughs> saying that because you didn't want to give free advertising to Pellegrino? <laughs> um, no, is that a problem? <laughs> no, not at all. Pellegrino, I accept your sponsorships with open arms. <laughs> Pellegrino, if you're listening. Pellegrino, if you're listening, my number is. <laughs> how how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I mean, um, you know, COVID and quarantine has been a mixed bag of ups and downs. But like, yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, and I was recently like quite sick, but not with COVID. Um, they don't quite know what it was, but uh-huh. um, I'm better, I'm, you know, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. And um, your home is fine. Michael's fine. The weather's fine. <laughs> I mean, the you know, it's Los Angeles. The weather is always beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been particularly nice lately, like sunny and hot, like not too hot, you know, L.A. It's uh, beautiful. Um, I uh, yeah, we're all we're we're good. Um, it's been kind of a journey uh, through quarantine, and like since uh, since you were in LA with like house stuff, we live in Mount Washington now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Michael and I are good, but we've also like you know, there's um, we have been 
extremely careful <laughs> through COVID and like very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of live up in the hills. It's like a little removed from, you know, Maine, Los Angeles. Um, and so, yeah, it's been like, it's beautiful here, but it's also been very isolating. Like we haven't seen anybody since October. Mm-hmm. Um, he works from home. Um, I have been unemployed uh, since the restaurant industry shut down. Mm-hmm. And uh, did it shut down pretty quickly when the... It did. I, we um, actually, the weekend that everything shut down now, almost a year ago, we were in um, Georgia for Michael's sister's wedding. Right. Uh, I guess since this is a podcast for, for people who are listening, Michael is my partner of eight, eight years. Um, mm-hmm. So we were in Georgia when everything shut down and then the airports were like empty coming back. Um, I got an email from work while, while we were in Georgia the night of his wedding that uh, everybody was being laid off. Uh, and at the time it was maybe like, you know, uh, for two weeks, but mm-hmm. I, I knew then that it wasn't going to be two weeks, you know? Right. Um, and while other restaurants, you know, have done switch to like takeout or whatever, just, I, I was working at like a high end, pretty fancy restaurant. And like, for them, it, it's not viable to, to operate unless they can like operate at capacity, which is indoor dining. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, Right. And they hadn't, um, they, they shut down and stayed closed. They haven't sort of reopened like some people tried to do and then, and then maybe shut down again and then try to reopen again. No. Yeah. They, they shut down and stayed closed. They, they tried doing some sort of, um, like takeout meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think shut that down too. Cause I, I don't think it was like working out. Right. <laughs> And, you know, like, uh, um, I am grateful for having had unemployment through like this unprecedented, unprecedented crisis, um, and like have been okay on it. I know it's not sustainable forever and that the, um, service industry is not, going to go back to what it was anytime soon mm-hmm. so you know i'm working on resume and looking for other options mm-hmm. uh, i've like been trying to use the time i've had the best way possible and like i wrote a book um, oh well then you have been using the time <laughs> and, taught, and taught myself to sew <laughs> so, amazing uh, yeah, I wrote, I, I have, I just finished like two weeks ago, a first uh-huh. draft and it's, um, a drag cocktail book. Oh, uh, of course, uh, Miss Wiggy's 101 cocktails for a hundred gay occasions. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What is the extra one? <laughs> uh, I, so actually I, I, I have yet to decide it may be a cocktail <laughs> just for getting through the book. Right uh, at the end of it, but um, 
that's that's one option. Or I may have like a mid book appearance from Joni Witchell. Okay. Uh, and these are these are both your drag personas. I'm a little yeah. bit more familiar with Miss Wiggy. She's Joni Witchell. <laughs> Joni Witchell was my original. Miss Wiggy is uh, has been my more mm-hmm. omnipresent drag persona. So is is it is it like a pretty straightforward cocktail recipe book, or does it have sort of narrative in it, or is it kind no. of like mixed? Uh, I mean, the idea is kind of like a you know, like an art photo book. The it's the main content of the book is the um uh I apologize if you're hearing my terrible neighbor's dog. Uh, <laughs> um barely the main, the main content is like the one hundred occasions. Uh-huh. Uh gay occasions and those range they're kind of broken up into different sections like social soirees, uh okay. Sex, love, and dating, which includes like first date, fisting date, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Met Gala, garden party, pool party, uh, seance. You know. Yeah. Well, I I was just gonna ask. I was gonna uh, ask you what are okay. What are some less obvious occasions that maybe I wouldn't think of, but I definitely wouldn't go from the Met Gala to a fisting date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right um, off the top of my head, so. And uh, like, there's a section on like magic and ritual, and like. Mm. Uh, hexing a frenemy or you know um so the the pages are kind of like miss wiggy's hot takes on these different things with like a paired cocktail and recipe i love it yeah (laughs) yeah i'm 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 always very interested to see what people have been working on or 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 like the little things people have been cooking up in their in their isolation, like since the pandemic began, because I I'm always surprised. Like some of the people I talk to, they're like, oh, you know, we figured out how to do this or we've been doing this. And I'm always like, oh, it's something actually surprising. Like that's not what I would have thought that you've been what are you you would have been cooking up, but Yeah. Um I mean I'd had the idea for a to write a cocktail book for for a while, like years back when I was working at Mattachine, which you know the gay craft cocktail bar that I used to work at before mm-hmm. it closed. Um, but at the time, I was kind of like, well, you know, there like there are so many cocktail books out there. All of them have these like pretty particular takes, or by or are by experts in a particular thing, like rum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael has this book from cook cookbook from the seventies called uh, "Cooking for Orgies." Okay, uh, who wrote this book? <laughs> I, I don't remember. Um, and uh, you know, it has like straightforward recipes with like comedic writing about right. orgies. And I was like, okay, like that's an idea. And then I just kind of paired all these sort of different things in my life together. And I was like, all right, I could do, nobody's done a drag cocktail book. I can do Mm. that. Yeah. Um, I've actually, I can't, I don't remember that I've ever, ever seen a cocktail recipe book. Like I've definitely seen food, food recipe books. um, But I don't think I've ever seen one specifically for cocktails, but I do remember um, this Italian restaurant 
which was, I don't know, it was some weird, like, it was like a lodge. It was like a membership lodge. I don't know. But it was in the town I was growing up in, and my parents always used to take me there, and they had these placemats that had all of the traditional like drinks, like pictures of them. And then the recipe, like your Tom Collins, your grasshopper, your mm-hmm. like dry gin martini. And it was just this big pl- placemat with all of these things. I was always so fascinated by them, like a cream de menthe. Who doesn't love a cream de menthe moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I do. Um, grasshopper, you know? Um, uh, I think like, uh, you know, the kind of craft cocktail world, exploded in in like the last 10 15 years and i've been seeing i have one in front of me but it's like propping my computer up to a certain position but i have a like very arty cocktail book in front Uh of me um i've seen a lot more of them so they're you know they're happening i've seen more like you know obviously there's much more of a market since drag race for for drag stuff Mm -hmm. uh so, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a, a lot of steps I have to to do towards publishing, but, mm-hmm. you know. When did you know that? Because I, I remember when you were going through the process of, I don't know, if, you, if there's a better word, let me know, training to um, be a, a bartender or a, what would you call it? Like a, uh, is there a fancier name for bartender? No, I mean bartending. I yeah. know, like people say mixologist, but I think that's yeah, kind of okay. bullshit. Well, I was wondering yeah, when sorry, you. Wait, sorry, can I swear or no? Oh, t- fuck, totally. Um, okay. I was wondering when you knew that you were you were good at it, and it was something that you sort of wanted to do. Like, was it? Did it just happen, or was it something you'd already been? I mean, it thinking it about? was not in my view at all. Like originally when it happened, um, and. Um, I mean, it, I, I, so I started working at Mattachine, a gay bar when, um, I, I really had like all the things that I had been doing before that fall apart. Um, you know, I, I walked across America and made a documentary about it. Yeah. Um, That was the first thing that you've ever, that ever came out of your mouth to yeah. me when we first met <laughs> and i was i remember being completely fascinated with that with that with that idea of wanderlust and with that the idea of like movement and and narration and then like this task of walking across america i think it was to be with your partner or you were going to propose your partner or, or something yeah, so, uh, <laughs> i mean it was part of it was also my my grad school thesis but i okay. was engaged at the time I was going to walk across the country to get married to him and make a documentary talking about gay marriage before same-sex marriage before it was uh legal legal I think like five states maybe had legalized it at that point um and then he broke up with me a few months before I was supposed to do it and I was like fuck it I'm gonna do it anyway Um, oh so he broke up with you before you started the walk yeah i was uh, under the impression that you were like in fucking tennessee when you got a call it was like oh by the way turn around <laughs> no uh, the, uh I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to laugh i didn't mean to laugh at your oh it's <laughs> fine I'm, I'm fine demise. um it is 
I don't know, cosmically funny, I guess. Um, yeah, he'd broken up with me beforehand, but I was like, I still really want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the movie that I made, I like do hold off on the information that we're broken up until partway through the journey. Right. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, at the time that we met, I was maybe had maybe recently finished it, um, and so I probably did talk about it a lot more. <laughs> I don't that much these days. The, the documentary ended up not going anywhere and uh, like it didn't get into festivals. I think there were kind of a few things that happened. One, it was maybe, you know, it was my first movie. I, I wasn't like known in any way. And I think it was maybe a little too long. And I think it was hurt by the fact that by the time that I finished it, same sex marriage had been legalized. Um, Obama was still president. I think there was sort of this sense of like, this isn't an issue anymore. Uh, And so, you know, I had been sort of hoping that like, with that going somewhere, uh, it would open other doors for me and then it didn't. And so I had to figure out like, you know, other, other work. Um, Our dear friend, Strawberry, um, Mm worked at Mattachine and was like, well, we need a bar back. And I was like, okay, I need something right now. Um, and so got hired as a bar back. Um, it was just a very quick study. Um, I mean, it was really fun working there and I liked it. It was um, fun going to, I mean, I definitely had some good times there. I especially yeah. remember when, um, I have to unearth, photos of us for the twin peaks pageant that that was my like favorite <laughs> night ever there um that strawberry and i hosted a night called in drag a, a night called witch witch and we did yeah, a yeah. twin peaks themed occasion yeah uh, with her as laura and me as donna <laughs> and i believe you came as josie I did. (laughs) And won the pageant? I did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I didn't know that it was going to end up being a thing. Um, I was really fascinated by the process of, of, like, the mechanical process of bartending and also the creativity of coming up, like, inventing drinks. Mm -hmm. I was, as a barback, I was, like, sort of watching them and starting to, like, pick up and have ideas for stuff that I would want to do. Um, and I was competent. <laughs> so they moved me to, to train to bartend quickly. Um, and I found a passion for it that I didn't know that I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of like turned into a full career. Like I, I managed a award-winning bar after Mattachine. Um, and then was was working at a, a high end restaurant when when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it I did like to some extent. I with bartending, I uh, and then managing. Like I put aside sort of other like creative projects and hopes that that I had. And so like COVID has kind of been an opportunity to come back to that um, a little bit. Like like writing and drag and 
Um, yeah. Um, with, um, you know, bef before COVID, I like had some ideas of working with Garrett, who was the owner of Mattachine, to maybe open up a space together sometime. I, with the industry kind of decimated, I don't think that's realistic anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like trying to figure out what, what I will do next, you know? Yeah. But have sort of had to rebuild from the ground up before. So it's, you know, I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. Are you worried about the future or are you um, kind of just playing it by ear? Mm. I guess both, you yeah. know, um, and you know, I'm like smart, hardworking and, ad and adaptable and I'm sure I'll be okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I, at the moment I sort of don't know what comes next. Um, I know that I, I really want to get this book published. I would like to <laughs> move to writing more which has always been kind of my my first love um mm -hmm. but i know that i need like other employment in the meantime so yeah tbd i guess mm -hmm. it's funny so um i um i had like quit drag for two years in part because I was like busy managing um, until I started working on this book. And was it our little thing together that ended your career? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was, um, I mean, I guess now like I appreciate a hilarious fail. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah. I think that was like almost, yeah, that was right around. That was not too long before I actually just left LA entirely. <laughs> right after, um, yeah. Um, and we perf we performed um, <laughs> in drag for the Eurovision contest party, um, and did it and did an ABBA song. Which ABBA song did we do? So what had like I had been I'd been asked to do this like Eurovision um thing uh a while in advance uh, um and I was going to do it with my friend Katie and like she and I had done like uh ABBA performance we did voulez-vous together one time um we were going to do it together she canceled at the last minute I was sort of like I'd been really busy. I didn't really have a plan for the performance. Right. I think it came over like the night before. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We were doing, we did Waterloo, uh, yeah. which was their Eurovision <laughs> hit winning song. Um, yeah, we tried to choreograph the entire fucking song and we tried yeah, to memorize the lyrics the entire song the day before we did it. From the scene in uh, Muriel's Wedding. Right, and it wasn't even like I was like, <laughs> and we try. I think we, I well, I I remember like I was probably even trying to do the choreography, yeah, exactly as it was yeah. in the film, which is always we, we like, were. So it was, um, it was Miss Wiggy and somebody's Aunt Lorraine uh, <laughs> trying to do choreography to a 
to replicate choreography from a movie that they'd studied maybe the first eight to 12 bars of the night before uh, for a like 11 o'clock performance because it was Eurovision and European time. Yeah, that's right. I remember we were waiting around for fucking ever. So, yeah. And then by the time they like, they had um, Eurovision ended and then they had the performances. Well, like, you know, it's, Eurovision ended and everybody cleared out of the room and there were like, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Thankfully. We performed to an empty room to a song that we barely knew the words to in a dance that we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. And it was <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh shit. Uh, that I quit drag for two years. <laughs> I have so now I have so many yeah. photos of us to post. I mean, I yeah. definitely are. You have to send me actually, I don't know if I have photos. I have one photo of me from the Eurovision thing, but there must be a photo of us together. I have one. I believe there might have been video, which hopefully was like deleted or burned. (laughs) I I have the video of not not the whole thing, but at least the beginning of it. (laughs) I believe it was so dark in there you probably can't see a lot of it. Um yeah. I mean, you know, we had half the first verse. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so happy we perf- we performed our lack of um our, our not lack of knowledge of lyrics and choreography to a dark empty a dark empty room <laughs> with like two people. I mean, you know, to like now I think it's really funny. <laughs> the time like oh god. Yeah. But um yeah, um you know, and and I guess like Miss Wiggy's always been with me. She's coming back in a different form now. <laughs> um, <laughs> she knows her uh, lyrics. <laughs> um, she's she's in like written form rather than yeah <laughs> you know, performing. Well, yeah, it's easier uh, to edit. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, so I've been listening to this podcast, um, and it's. Well, at least someone has. <laughs> I feel sometimes like I'm performing again to a dark and empty room. <laughs> uh, um, it's been, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, um, like, so I, I didn't know that you um, were, like, struggling with alcohol in the way that you've, like, talked about on the pad- podcast. Mm-hmm at the time that you were here, um, in LA. Um, and so that's been, um, interesting to, um, to hear. And I know that that's like not an easy journey. Um, I've, I've also like had to working at a gay, like a gay bar. It was social. It was fun. Like we drank all the time. I had to kind of re figure out, like renegotiate uh, what my relationship was to alcohol and like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not sober. Um, but I definitely had to change how I was approaching it, you know? Well, I remember I went through a, um, I went through a period where I had stopped drinking and I remember you actually said that you were also in a dry period. And yeah. I, yeah. Cause I remember we were at John P's house 
maybe it was like a Christmas party. A what? Yeah. Didn't he have like a Christmas party? He has, he has an annual Christmas party, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd I'd um I'd stopped for a while, um, and that was that like period of re renegotiating. Yeah. <laughs> my my relationship with that substance and i can't i don't know i came to um uh i came to like sort of the realization or decision that like for me i'm not like i don't i don't think that i'm an alcoholic i think that i was abusing alcohol related to like social a uh, social environment and like peer pressure mm-hmm. um and it was like good to step away from it for that time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a, like a lot more moderate. Um, you know, I still, I still really like coming up with cocktails. I still like, you know, having them, but not to, you know, not like drinking all the time like I used to. Yeah, I mean, I went through, I went through more more dry phases than not in LA, which may be why people didn't know because I was I stopped a number of times and also I by that point I had developed quite a quite a great structure for hiding it from other people so like I it would be rare that anyone would see me when they themselves were probably not at a bar or a party where they were also drinking or drunk I would be in the same states, but like yeah. I wouldn't be in that state when everyone was sober. So it probably just like went under the radar. But I would go through periods where I'm like, I don't really want to drink on the on fucking day. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like you, you know, you and I have had experiences of like doing substances together or like being <laughs> very together, like uh, the sanctuary in Tennessee and our. House of Franzia like moments. Yeah. Um, oh but, yeah, that was the first, you know, that was our that was my first trip to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee um fairyland, radical fairies, radical fairyland where we go annually late April, early May around the Beltane holiday, which is the May 1 Maypole holiday. Um and some hundreds of queers gather in the woods. And this actually has come up, well, quite a number of times now because I have I have talked with a number of folks who have been yeah. at, at Fairyland in Tennessee. But the house Franzia was my first, when we had come up with this thing, it was my first year in Tennessee at the yeah. sanctuary. <laughs> we just came up with these warring houses of drag queens, and one was one was the boxed wine house Franzia, and the other was house house was it Carlos Rossi? It was like the jugs. Uh, house uh, Boone Farms. I don't know. It's just like the worst uh, wine ever. It's well because like when you're camping, that's what is easy to have is like a box, like terrible box wine. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's chillable red. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah, that, that, that my, year, that was my last time right. there. Um, 
and um, I would like to go back, but um, yeah. it was, but honestly, besides like connecting with you, like you and Michael and I hanging out and and having carrying on, mm-hmm. uh, overall that was like not a great experience for like Michael and I, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of like disillusioned, I would say both of us, maybe him more so, um, to that space. Um, right. I would like to go back and have a different experience, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I was, I was drunk the entire, that entire time for like a week. And I was very sick, like periodically just like sick. Uh, Like I was my, I had like acid reflux that was just like, I'm constantly pushing through and I was just sick the entire time. And then the following years I'd gone back, I wasn't drinking at all. Um, yeah. and it was just a completely different experience, <laughs> but yeah. I just remember being, I was, I had fun, but with that fun, I was going through periods of just being completely miserable during the day, just like sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had like some, some days of sobriety that year, but, um, was just feeling a really alienated by the um sort of like party vibe that was happening mm-hmm. um and um and the like the the overall messiness and not taking care of the space um yeah we had um while we were like leaving a unnamed i believe a person unnamed (laughs) like blackout throwing oranges at our tent while we were trying to like pack it up and it was just like this this is like fucked (laughs) you know Um, yeah i do remember well it's also hard to gauge because i was in my own mess (laughs) during that week but in comparison um, to the other years I had been there, that year, my first year, felt com- com- particularly messy, chaotic, and wild. But like wild, not in a like natural way, <laughs> like in a in a yeah. re- reclaiming of like wildness in nature. It just felt like wild, like bitchy, messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, well, I, I really admire you for, I don't know, I, I, I think it's, um, like, really cool that you put your relationship sort of to bed with, with, uh, booze, with a, like, crazy ritual. Um, yeah. Hi, it's me. Sorry to break up the conversation, but I'm stepping into the sponsorship space, wink wink, for a moment to tell you about something extra special, Patreon. Patreon is a membership-based platform for content creators to earn a monthly income while providing rewards and perks to you, our subscribers. I Miss You has two recurring monthly membership levels starting at $5. So what do I get for that $5, you say? Well, my undying gratitude for one. Isn't that enough? 
No, it's not enough. Come on. You'll get bonus content every other week, including videos by me, Patreon-only posts and updates, and access to the members-only Facebook group, where you can connect with me and other listeners, share stories of reconnecting, oh, and join in on a -a once-a-month Facebook live chat, where you can ask me questions about the show. Your monthly sponsorship supports producing the podcast, including website and other platform fees. Uh, They really add up. Recording studio rental, editing equipment, and let's be honest, probably some treats for my dog, Najdia. She's hungry. Like all the time. Visit imissyoupodcast.com for a link to our Patreon page. And if all that business isn't of interest to you, but you would still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation through our website as well. Oh, and another way to show support is by sharing our podcast with your dog. Kidding. Sharing this podcast with everyone you know. Seriously, everyone. Now, back to the episode. I have to tell you something. Um, you know, some it's interesting. I, I'm doing some interviews for this podcast this week. And I, you know, when I said my, I said to myself that I didn't know where this was going. I knew what I sort of was doing. Like I was having these hour long conversations. I was having these sort of intentional containers to chat with people and maybe have deeper conversations or to just reconnect with people that I otherwise maybe wouldn't think to reach out to. Um, But I said that I didn't really know where it was going. And now I'm starting to like see (laughs) these like kind of, um, webs that are being woven through the podcasts and there are connections that are being made like to different things throughout. And um, where was I going with this? Fuck. I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so I'm doing a couple of interviews this week, but you said something. Shit. Now I just lost my train of thought. What did you say right before I started? Uh, about the, the ritual that you did, your ocean ritual. Right, right. So, um, yeah. So yesterday I was having a conversation with Kotalia, who is um, the hoodoo queen of Mobile, Alabama, who I brought on the podcast um, to do a to do a year reading of cards for me. Oh, wow. Cool. And um, she said she was like, oh, you know, I keep seeing I see Cape Cod. I see December and I was like, and I, she's like, I see something really big happen in December. And then she said, Cape Cod. I was like, Oh, well, you know, I did this big ritual in Provincetown um, to commemorate the, the end of the end of the drinking days in December. You know, your way around the tarot tarot deck, don't you? I do. Um, Although I have always preferred um, the I Ching, which um, you know, as a cis white guy, I don't know why this like ancient Chinese tradition speaks to me, but it, but it does. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, 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 I do tarot as well. I'm not like, a, a like deep tarot, which where that's my thing. And I do readings for other people. Um, um, but I, I definitely, know like the power of it to um to uh to use a sort of like a um like a meditation or a a guide to sort of shift your thinking about about something 
per se look at it as like telling the future, you know, it's like how to sort of orient what, what like sort of past things led you to where you are now, understanding where you are now and how that may sort of lead you in different paths going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, you know, I, I definitely like think ritual is a really powerful way to, to make a decision to, to change something like, like use with substances or, um, or I don't know, other like things in your life that you want to reorient. Um, Mm. you know, like everything, it's all, all about intention. Right. I mean, in terms of, um, I think, you know, it's like well-known and well-documented that like, a lot of queer people struggle with substance uh, issues uh, because uh, it's much harder to exist in a world that you're an outsider and, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of queer people like have to um, negotiate their relationship to different things. Um, uh, You know, like, not just drinking, like, uh, drugs are, are definitely like a, a huge issue in the gay community, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, for me, like I, um, I stopped smoking in November. Um, and that was always like a big crutch for me. Mm. Uh, and now like, since that is like an addiction for me, I, well, I stopped in November. I don't like feel comfortable saying like, oh, I'm done with it forever, you know, because mm-hmm. like, you know, what if, what if I'm not, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, like, yeah, I but, think, um, that's been one, one good thing about quarantine, you know? Yeah. I, um, inadvertently quit smoking in the summer. I just forgot to smoke. <laughs> and then like I realized a month had passed and I hadn't had a cigarette and I just continued not to smoke. Yeah. But I, I didn't, really didn't mean to quit. Um that, <laughs> that's good. And I yeah. and I don't crave I don't crave one. I I thought about having one the other day, but then I thought to myself, hmm, I really don't want my mouth to taste like that, so I'm not going to have one. Yeah. Um I had, I had to do Chantix to stop. Um, and I'd done Chantix before and like had sort of severe side effects, uh, like psychological side effects, but like, but it had been the longest that I had ever stopped for. And I was like, okay, well maybe it's worth trying again. I haven't had that this time except for like kind of crazy dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's been it's been good. I don't really think about it much anymore, you know. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I had always had a cigarette in my hand that was it's been yeah, yeah. present for me for a very long time. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean there are there are so 
so many things that a cigarette solved for me in the past. Yeah. I mean, just many things like the the rush from a cigarette, the being able to escape social social situations when I needed to to go out to the porch to smoke, to yeah, have mean, a cigarette with like me. Huh? Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, that the escape was was I think mainly what it was. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not sober. Okay. I I just I don't drink. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a huge advocate for marijuana mm-hmm. and would probably not be here in the right state of mind today had it not been for fucking marijuana. You know, it's it's just I yeah, I mean, when I when I stopped drinking, all of all of the things that that was sort of numbing, all this little fucking anxiety things came to the surface. Like, oh hey, bitch, we here now. <laughs> so I had to. Um, I found that that marijuana, although it didn't sort of magically make them disappear, it was able to um, smooth things out quite a bit. Um, I yeah. have a different relationship with marijuana. I have a different relationship with other drugs. I could, I could take them or leave them. They were never a, an issue for me. They were an issue to balance. They were an issue at times to balance out the drinking. Like cocaine would be able to propel me through an evening where I had drank so much that I could barely stand. I was able to like stand up and walk my ass out of that particular bar or club by cocaine. Yeah. You know, but I, I never felt that I actually sought them out or needed them. And I don't. I mean, it was something I'd ever had to kind of negotiate um, my relationship to them like I did with with drinking. Michael uh, uh, smokes a lot of weed. Um, And it helps, like, he uh, helps with anxiety. I used to when I was younger. I I kind of stopped years ago, not for any real reason. I, it just kind of well, I don't know. It like marijuana changed for me. Um, it used to be fun when I was younger. I smoked like smoked a lot, and I would feel like creative and zany or whatever. Mm. Uh, at some point, it like I felt like it sort of put my like brain outside of my head and I felt like walled off from being able to like communicate with other people and Mm -hmm. would feel like paranoid about my own thoughts and like, um, and like shut off from the world. And like that became a source of anxiety in itself. So like, I just had to stop. Yeah. Um, I mean, our relation, I think at least my relationship to substance just substances changes and the one substance that is in my life right now is marijuana and my relationship to marijuana will change on a daily basis just depending on how i am that day what type of marijuana (laughs) strain it is i mean i could be like oh this is really great one day and the next day be like you know i feel like crap i can't get up i don't want to do anything this marijuana sucks (laughs) you know it just depends i mean it's not it's not like a static thing it's not a static experience for me yeah um i mean it's also maybe like 
I, um, you know, I'm feeling getting older. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, especially in the last, I would say, two years, like, I'm feeling getting older. <laughs> and uh, where my, do you feel it? Um, I mean, I can feel, I can like, like my face has changed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like I have more like, I don't know, wrinkles, whatever stuff. <laughs> I'm not like, I've always been thin. Um, after I had like kidney cancer, I was like rail thin for a, a long time. Um, I've just always been kind of skinny, but I feel like I gained some weight during quarantine. I'm feeling like out of shape. I'm, I'm like, I'm not, um, uh, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> um, back aches or whatever, you know, um, changing relationship with, with things that like I used to not think about, I don't know, changing priorities. It's kind of everything. <laughs> like, yeah everything is shifting. Um, I'm like, uh, I'll be 38 this year. So I'm approaching 40, you know? Um, I mean, I I guess, you know, I I might go out some if COVID didn't exist, but not even still, not to the extent that like I ever used to, you know? Yeah. I mean, the the second the clubs reopen, I'm going to go have a throwdown and get that out of my system in one evening yeah, and be like, okay, I'm done. It's <laughs> like not important to me really anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, it'll certainly be interesting to see how, well, you know, when, when things do reopen or to some semblance of capacity um, of how they were operating before the pandemic, to see how people's relationship to these things has evolved. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, I think like it's, it's, it's hard to say sort of what the ship, what the shift will be, when it will be like, what sort of protocols will still be in place. Um, you know, like once the majority of the population is vaccinated, because you know they're saying like we still have to wear masks we still have to practice social distancing i think it's going to be a long time before things like return to normal if they maybe ever do (laughs) um yeah i would have been at some point like it will be okay to be out and gather again um i have a feeling that there will be a um sort of a like I don't know, um, roaring twenties, like rush. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that like maybe for some people that will be it, you know, like they'll want to be out all the time with Mm -hmm. people or whatever. Maybe some people will, um, have enjoyed some of the practices from quarantine and work that in more, you know, Mm -hmm to their daily life it's it's i don't know i guess we'll see when we get there yeah what's one thing that you're hoping for in 2021 um i get that well can i give two 
much? You can give 50. <laughs> okay. I'll give like a larger world one and then like a personal one. Um, or yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess the large, like on a, I, I hope that we reach, uh, that vaccination is ramped up and that people are able to get it relatively soon and that this doesn't drag out through the entire year and we reach like herd immunity. Um, and maybe that's like optimistic. Uh, I hope, I hope that we, um, I hope that we get there this year and could have maybe a good late summer. Uh, and that the mean that it doesn't get worse again, you know, mm-hmm. with like the, the uh, variants of the virus, et cetera, you know, um, on a personal level, I, you know, I hope to, a, figure out employment and mm-hmm. sort of what my direction there will be and B, um, move forward with the book and, and like, and towards like getting it published. That's been kind of my big goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for having this chat with me. Yeah. It's good seeing you. It's really good to see you. Um, I I was really excited that you were doing this, um, and and like very happy to just listen to you connecting to people without knowing that you were going to contact me to do it. Um, I guess I was kind of hoping that you would because I was excited to mm-hmm. talk to you. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. You know. Who knows when COVID will be over and travel and things will be okay. Uh, or, uh, and I have no idea when I might see you again, but like, it is really lovely to connect with you. Mm-hmm. I, I hope to see you again in person someday, but it, I was thrilled to do this and it's great to see you on camera. We'll send um, Michael my love. I Give will. my love to the entirety of House Franzia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And uh, all the chillable reds. <laughs> um, and um, I wish you the best of luck with this. And or, wait, uh, sorry, are you still in grad school? You're still in grad school. Your yeah. program? Yeah, I'm finishing up the second year. And then um, all next year, I'm basically a therapist under supervision. Ah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So um, uh, best wishes to you with that as well. Thank you. All right, have Love a good you. rest of your day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at I Miss You Podcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. 
If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.